Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. But you really should support Wrestle Talk and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. We've rebranded, folks. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lou Cohen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I was. Over and under, whether you'd remember, and just go straight into like, the Wrestle Ramble yeah. <laughs> spiel. It's very difficult to have conversations around the office now because Wrestle Ramble was quite, you know, a definitive thing to say. You'd say, oh, are you going to, can you set up Ramble for us? Can you set, what's the Ramble title going to be? Yeah, but now it's the same name as everything else we do, which from a branding perspective is very, very smart and we should have done from the get-go. But from just general talking around the office, it gets quite confusing. Pete even made the point that all of our audio files are saved to a folder called Ramble. He's like, well, it can't be called this anymore, surely. But I am suggesting that we still colloquially around the office refer to it as the Ramble. I'm going to stamp that out. What? I'm going to put it on my ban list. (laughs) Along with hospital. Belt. If one of you goddamn people sneezes, (laughs) you're gone. Yeah, belt. Uh, What else is on the list? Uh, Hate. Dixie Carter used to be on that list. She did, Not yeah. Anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was good. I oh my god. Have I not spoke I haven't spoken to you about it, have I? No, and I didn't see you yesterday either. I was left alone by my lady partner. That's right, you were, because she was away for the weekend. And I just and everyone like all my friends were busy. Uh you know, you you were busy, Laurie was busy. Don't really consider Pete a friend, but even he was busy. <laughs> He's looking I'm kidding, mate. Uh, uh, but yeah, everyone else, like weddings, 
a couple of guys were running a triathlon that I pulled out of. <laughs> were uh, other thing like everyone was busy, so I was just probably by myself. I went nuts, but I didn't know that I'd gone nuts until Anna got back on Sunday afternoon, and she said, "What have you been doing?" And I said, really excitedly, "I've reorganised the entire kitchen." And she said, "Oh, that's great." Uh, how long did it take you to do that? And I showed her that the cutting boards and the Tupperware are now in the drawers as opposed to rammed at the back of the cupboard beneath it. Smart. Easy access. Yeah. It has revolutionized the way I put away stuff. <laughs> yeah. And she said, how long did it take? And I said, oh, and I thought about it. And by this point, I was topless in just pants because I got very hot doing this. Four hours. Wow, to move a handful of things. Oh, that was the tip of the iceberg. I took everything out of all the cupboards. I emptied the kitchen, divided everything into their like respective areas, like pulses, tins, tea, cups, plates, pans. And I moved them all around the room. And then I wrote on post-it notes each bit. And then I experimented with different layouts. And I'd put the post-it notes on the cupboard that I thought it should go on. Yeah. And then I'd run through little routines. <laughs> like I'm making a cup of tea now. I'm putting stuff away from the dishwasher. I'm making eggs. Which is a great way... It's not the worst idea I've ever heard in the world. ...to figure out the optimum positioning of everything in the kitchen. Yeah. But yeah, it was a bit Howard Hughes. <laughs> I was just a couple of milk bottles of urine away from becoming a full-on hermit. I found it tremendously rewarding. Anna was happy uh, that the kitchen is now so optimised. <laughs> yep. But she was also a bit... I, she, I could tell that she was a bit like... Oh, she, I mean, she's, she flat out called me weird. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, it wasn't meant in jest. <laughs> and, like, was she not... Uh, annoyed that this wasn't a joint decision, like you had just made an executive decision that the kitchen needed reorganizing? I've been expressing my annoyance over things in the kitchen. What, what's, what could be, your kitchen's not that big. Like, no disrespect, like mm. it's, because my kitchen's very small as well. So I can't see how your kitchen was so disorganized to the point where it was a problem. No, it wasn't a problem, but it was getting to me. Well, okay. To the point where it was getting to you. Okay, well, the, the it was messy. Inside the cupboards was messy. We, we, I, I had to lift up. Our plates were all stacked on top of each other. I want a small plate. I might have to lift up all the other plates to get to that plate. Why are the small plates on top? Because we just put them away. What? That's madness. I know, I know. That's madness that I've been living with. <laughs> but now it's all, it's not mad. But that, that could always change again, though. It could do, but now it's it's all in place and I'm on it. I also, and I actually forgot I did this, emailed my local MP <laughs> because I read a news story about her that some nasty activist groups have been making her feel bad and I emailed her saying... <laughs> I also hate you. <laughs> I, I emailed a picture of an aborted fetus. <laughs> no, I, I said, I, you know, people... Have their own things. You are doing a great job. <laughs> I like. I remembered that I had done this, and I told Anna. I was like, God, I've yeah, I am weird. And then she said, When did you send that? And I looked, and it was at seven thirty-six in the morning. <laughs> 
So yeah, that was my weekend. How was your weekend? <laughs> well, it was very different. Um, I went to go see the in-laws uh, on the Saturday, and me and my wife made some homemade pizzas. Oh, you sent me a picture. I did indeed, yes, because I had apparently enabled you into buying a pizza for yourself on the mm. Friday, which I still don't take any responsibility for. You said the word pizza in front of me, so mm, well. that's effectively waggling some cocaine in front of a drug addict. Well, I'm also saying pizza now. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It just is. It, I know you're, you're being very mean by doing it. <laughs> But I'm trying to overcome, trying to overcome I, this. That was another big part of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Luke therapy. So, yeah, we made our own dough, made my own marinara sauce. Didn't make our own cheese, obviously, but we just had some nice classic margs. Um, and they were excellent. Really, really tasty. We made our own ho- uh, garlic bread. Oh, it was great. Just really, really nice. And we watched uh, quite a few episodes of The Boys. Uh, we had watched in the afternoon Snowpiercer. What a movie. First time seeing it. First time seeing it. Uh, my <laughs> wife hated it. With quite an, um, like, she really, really hated it. I mean, it's a very bold film. If you don't like it, you probably will hate it. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't even think that she would say it was bold. I think she would say it was boring and, oh. and unbold. How can you say that? It's about everything. It's about class structure. It's about environmentalism. Well, I. It's about eating babies. Spoiler. Well, okay, but I think part of that is. Um, so we also, like, quite recently had watched Train to Busan, uh-huh. also Korean, and it's also about class structure and about eating people, and is way better. It's a way better movie. Mm. I thought Snowpiercer was a fine three star film. Oh, wow. Um, which is higher than my wife gave it. Uh, so we we did that, and then on the Sunday we just had a, we'd planned to go for a nice walk, but then it was raining. And do you know um, Katana Comics? That rings a bell. Yeah, it's like an online sort of four-panel comic thing that she, she posts them up every Friday. Yeah, maybe. sort of like cute little designs of like, mm. and it's relationship stuff. And it's be- like, no, I don't know what it is. I'm thinking of the DC comic book character Katana. Oh right, yeah, yeah. No, and it's not the Mortal Kombat character either. But it's um sort of four-panel sort of little cute stories and it's basically go like oh that's exactly like my relationship or we do that in our relationship and people just sort of tag each other stuff me and my wife love them i bought her a book of them for christmas it's currently our calendar for this year is is katana comics they're adorable they're really really funny as well and they have got one which is where they're just sort of like walking through the house going like oh no it's raining all our plans are gonna have to change and it's them like walking to the fridge and getting food out of the cupboard and getting the blankets they were like oh no i was really looking forward to doing those plans and then sitting on a sofa in front of a film just snuggled down and being like oh dear what a shame and that was our sunday nice. it was very much like a, oh no it's raining what are we gonna do oh, i guess we'll just sit on the sofa then and we just sat on the sofa and it was lovely. We snuggle just, day. Snuggle, snuggle day. Uh, cuddle puddles, mm-hmm. the lot. And um, yeah, and then we finished watching, I oh know we finished watching The Boys last night. Um, and we made a ad- good place. Well, so my wife wants to wait until we're a few episodes in before we started because she'd what? rather binge watch a few episodes. I think she'd rather wait until the whole series is done and then binge watch the whole thing. It's over really quick. It barely started before it was over for me. Yeah. Um, enjoyed it immensely. Uh, last series, of course. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's 20 minutes. 20 minutes. They, they go it's by gone. very quickly. But um, she did this for iZombie, which was a show that I was actually quite into and I was really enjoying. And then we started watching the third season, I think, which was being loaded to Netflix week on week. And she's like, no, nah, well, well I'd, I'd rather wait till it's over and then we'll binge watch it. And we'd never watched it. And now we're like three seasons behind now. So that'll never get watched, I don't think. 
how Disney Plus are going to do their series. Weekly releases, apparently. Yeah, well, it is, and that's a bit of a concern because I, oh. I just want to watch them as they as they come. You're going to have to, mate. We're going to be reviewing them. Well, I know, well, that's the argument I'm going to be presenting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we'd have just done, if we'd have done good place reviews, then I could have made that. You uh, can just tell her. <laughs> just say that. Yeah, just say it. I need to be across all of pop culture for yeah. my job. Yeah, but not that pop culture. Though. I don't want to watch that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no not RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching that, mate. Uh, but yes, I had a very lovely weekend. Um, we'll get into the main bulk of the show, uh, though, before talking about what I did on my day off yesterday. Mm-hmm. Talking about Brock Lesnar destroying Rey Mysterio at the start of tonight's Raw. It sounds like an angle from 2004. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> um, but there is a reason behind it. Here's the show. Let's talk about... Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio. This was the opening angle for Raw. After all, like the new revamped, you got a new commentary team, you've got a new, a new uh, sting, a new stage, and yeah, new theme. No, new... no, no. It's in like the bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah. They've got that, a little. So the new music got a new there. sting. We've now got an actual intro for Raw. We'll see how long that lasts. As you said, new stage, new commentary team, and you even felt there was like a new production vibe to I it. Definitely think there was. We'll get onto that when we do the full play-by-play. But the opening segment was Rey Mysterio coming out saying, I'm going to dedicate my match against Seth Rollins for the Universal title later this night to my son Dominic, my boy Dom, Rey Mysterio Jr. Jr. Lawler got off to a flying start on his commentary when he said, we're having that Universal Championship match right now Mm. because Rey was coming out and it was Rey cutting a promo. In in quite obviously not his wrestling (laughs) gear. Uh, And Dominic's there in the crowd towering over everyone. I bet the people behind him were pissed. United Kingdom champion, Dominic. And they... Then Brock Lesnar comes out and Heyman's with him. Heyman's about to introduce Brock. But Ray, quite awesomely, steals the mic off him. Steals the mic because Brock snatched the microphone out of Ray's hand and handed it to Lesnar, uh, to Heyman. And then... Ray just snatched it back. It was like, oh, no, mate. I thought it was a pretty badass move. Really nice touch to, to make everyone look... More over yeah, than they totally. did. Um, but then Brock picked up Rey Mysterio, F5'd him. F5, F5, F5. I'd love, I got a kick out of that. But yeah. where this really got good was Brock walked off, turned around, and went over to Dominic in the crowd. And we've been, this Dominic thing's been building for ages. And this was quite, this was a really good introduction of him. Threw him over the barricades, threw him into the ring. And like, I thought, oh, okay, he's just going to, you know. He'll just toss him into the post ever so slightly. You can take a nice easy bump. Then he took him into the ring and gave him this big old release German suplex. Dominic flew halfway across the ring. Took it like an absolute champ. It was pretty great. Yeah, massive props to Dominic. Oh, yeah. He is a trained wrestler. That's what he wants to get into. He wants to follow in his father's footsteps and maybe even one day team with his father, which is presumably where this is all going to end up. Mm. Uh, yeah, I thought his selling was terrific. Dominic's selling of being thrown around by Brock was great. But what leveled this all up was the emotional level to it, which was Ray reacting to seeing Dominic being beaten up. And constantly trying to, like, jump over and protect him. It was fantastic. Really, really great. Ray's, like, you know, it's like Batman. You, you, you've only really got your eyes and your, your chin to, to, to act with. Mm-hmm. And he got over all those emotions so well. I thought it was a really cool opening segment, actually. Mm. I thought it made Lesnar look pretty awesome I thought Ray was really good and it was actually you know a pro- the best introduction we've had to Dominic <clears throat> since he made his debut 
feels like late last year. It was during that Joe Ray feud that Dominic started to appear on TV. So we've been building to this for quite some time. And I thought this was actually a really, really I thought it was a bit of a home run segment. And apart from it didn't build to Kofi versus Brock, which is, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 it was a really exciting, really attention-grabbing opening segment. I, I would say there are, unfortunately, a load of things that could have been done better. Nitpicky Ollie. Uh, but yeah, the... Dominic has been, it felt really serious because Dominic's just been this character who hasn't wrestled, who has been built up over the course of months. And now he's being attacked by Brock. It felt, oh crap, this is happening. Mm -hmm. As opposed to what WWE do all the time. No, Carmella and Bailey were always friends. Do you not Here's remember Kofi Kingston's family? Do you not remember Bay Mella from six years ago mm. that's never been brought up on the main roster? So this is an example of how much more effective something can be when you foreshadow it and build it slowly. Effective storytelling. Effective. Uh, now, then Brock walked off and he came back and he beat them all up again. Loads of people ran down to separate them. And then, like, walked off. So what, one of the big things here is, well... What was the point of all of this? Well, it was borderline criminal. And Paul Heyman explained later on, they, they were pushing all the way through the show, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman are going to, you know, explain their actions. So I was like, okay, because it's a big season premiere, we're going to get another Brock segment. With Kofi to build the championship match that's happening on Friday. Lesnar hasn't gone home. But what actually happened was just a backstage interview with Paul Heyman, where Paul Heyman said, I'm really sorry to everyone, Ray's family, Dominic's, well, there's Ray's family. And that was cool because Paul's like, it's that idea that he can't control Lesnar. But then he blamed Vince McMahon for booking Brock when Brock's in fight mode, which is like an effort to make it more about Brock and Kofi, but really doesn't really build anything properly. It's just like, oh, here's Brock. Brock's going to be there. It's yeah. not like they're having a match. It's, it's about, so Brock's winning on Friday. Like that, that's essentially what the build to this match was. Brock's winning. So yeah. <laughs> tune in if you want, but Brock's winning. So it really, it, it sort of lost a bit of substance there and it just became more surface level shock tactics. Which is a shame because you and I were saying when they first booked Brock versus Kofi, you know, two weeks ago, we said like, oh, this is brilliant because this is the first time that Kofi's title has felt in jeopardy. But now sort of in the intervening weeks, I say the intervening weeks, in the last you know, 10 days, Kofi has become less and less and less important in this storyline. He is the, the last, he's the least important thing in this. The most important thing is Brock, Fox, ratings, the title, and then a few things down, then it's Kofi. Yeah, and it will be so much more engaging if they told a story where Kofi might win. Because at the moment, I'm just excited about seeing, well, not excited, I'm just curious about seeing Brock winning. But I, there's no like intrigue about who's winning the match, what the story is, how the characters are going to collide. So yeah, I'd say that was a, 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 a dropped thing. So why was Brock out there? Well, here we go. According to uh, Mr. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, he has said that this angle was designed because WWE wanted it was a, a match between Brock Lesnar and Kane Velasquez. Former UFC champion, Cain Velasquez, still actually signed with the, the UFC. He's He made his professional wrestling debut in August for AAA. AAA. Yeah, in a six-man tag. With Cody Rhodes with Cody. and Psycho, Psycho Clown, Clown I yeah. say. And so 
WWE are, are very interested in signing Cain Velasquez. And this is not conjecture. This is not speculation. This is not rumor and innuendo. Cain Velasquez has come out and said, oh, yeah, no, I've spoken with WWE about going over there. I've also been talking with AEW, and I'm very interested to see what Cody and his group are doing over there, particularly because it's a more sports-based environment. Um, but WWE obviously want to get the big name, Cain Velasquez, to sign for them as opposed to him going over to the competition. And but it's not competition. And but and I, I've got to think now with Fox being the more sports orientated brand, are WWE going to be like, no, no, come over here. We can do more MMA style mm. stuff on SmackDown, on the Blue Brand, on the Fox Show where it is more sports, and you can still do your lucha libre, but also your MMA stuff with guys like Brock Lesnar. And don't go over to AEW. Or AEW going to be like, we're, we're already presenting wins and losses and things like that in a UFC style. Do you want to come over here? So essentially, this feels like it's part of a bidding war between Velasquez and or between WWE and AEW for the services of Kane Velasquez. And Meltzer does say he's not signed with either yet, but WWE wants to plant the seed in case they do sign him and they can continue the storyline. Which is, you know, that's that's interesting. And that's like we always say. We want more stories. We want more thought put into this stuff. So, well done, WWE. But in this instance, I would say this is one of the rare occasions where you don't have to do that stuff. And you can just say, just like Goldberg Brock. Well, I guess that did have a load of context. But you could say, here is Brock Lesnar. Here is Cain Velasquez. They're going to fight to decide who's the best person. And that's all you need. To, to start that story off with... Brock, like, I, I don't I don't understand how Brock beating up Ray and Dominic sows the seeds well, for Cain Velasquez. They're both Latino and they both wear masks. <laughs> well, that, well, that's it. Well, I don't think you want Cain Velasquez in a mask, really. No, also, I mean, I think he does wrestle in a mask. Yeah, because he does he, in he, triple Because, a, because in triple he, a, yeah. he, you know, he's very proud of sort of the Mexican uh, and the Lucha Libre heritage. But I, I, and I, I guess you're right on that front as well. But it's like there's no connection to me between Cain Velasquez and Rey Mysterio. There is a connection between Cain Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. Exactly. And that's kind of like the only connection I need. I don't need Rey and Dominic uh, in there. But the other question is like if it doesn't, if Cain's not coming in, then what are you going to do with Rey and Dominic versus Lesnar? Well, I think probably it's just an angle. I think that's that's one of the while I found. I'm going to say it's a uh, crown jewel two-on-one handicap match. Mm. While I found this episode of Raw very exciting and freshened up, uh, I the, it, it, it's, it had a lot of moments and no substance. It was all flash and no meeting at the bottom. A lot of kissing, no storyline. Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I forgot that happened. Uh, but So one last thing on this opening segment was... The biggest annoyance for me, actually, was someone who wasn't involved in it at all. And that was Seth Rollins. Yeah. I just don't get why Seth Rollins didn't run out and help Bray. Because this beatdown went on for a while. It went on long enough for other backstage officials and referees to run down. Why couldn't Seth be one of those? Seth has a match with Rey Mysterio that night for the Universal title. Last week he tweeted, he's been dreaming about that match forever. And I know Twitter doesn't really relate to this. But I think that's why he deleted his Twitter account and then boxed oh, shouldn't have tweeted that. Uh, it's, and, and Seth's meant to be the top babyface on Raw. 
He's meant to be this fighting champion. And to me, that character means, no, I'm going to protect my match and I want to face Ray in the best possible condition. So I'm going to take you on, Brock, and I save agree. Ray. Yeah. So it was just like, it was really confusing to not have Seth out there. And later on in an, in in an interview, he told Charlie Caruso, I think, Brock Lesnar crossed a line by attacking Dominic. I'm like, well, why didn't you come out there then? Because he continued to beat up Dominic for about eight minutes. Well, he had to come out for Hogan and Flair later. Well, that's the other thing. We'll get on to it. When Rollins did come down, it was for ver like a very ethically complicated reason, and that was to join Team Hulk Hogan, <laughs> controversy point number one, at a Saudi Arabia show, controversy point number two. And it's like, you're trying to make... Are you trying to make Seth heel? <laughs> Are you trying to turn him on a slow burn into a bad a slow guy burn again? it down? Yeah. I just, I thought that. I, I go into it more in my Raw review that goes up after this at five. But I just, I, I thought that was really, really bad. Mm. It's not great. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Dina Sisse uh, going in touch first to say Dominic can bump. Yeah, it was great selling. I really oh, yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Limps, who gave us a very generous donation, uh, saying, sharing the fruits of my side job with you boys. Have some tea. Brock put so much realism towards beating Ray's son, it made me want to choke him. Dominic to Suplex City confirmed. Cheers. Hope you managed to sleep this weekend. I think that was a big part of it, that I genuinely, I, didn't, I wasn't like, oh, Brock's cool. I was like, Oh, you're an asshole, Brock, which is exactly what we should be feeling. Indeed. Uh, KJ says, uh, Ray should take Brock to court for beating up his son who isn't signed to the company. Got to appeal to the fan who love those court cases. <laughs> yeah. The harmful work environment. That's 
That's what the Brock Kane Velasquez feud needs. It actually needs that, yeah. Uh, James Corrales says, Is Eddie Guerrero's son okay? Beast attack out of nowhere. Those EMTs probably hurt him more without using a backboard to get him on the stretcher. They, to, to WWE's credit again, and this is a very Heyman touch, a positive one. They really made it feel like a big deal throughout the rest of the night. Kept on replaying it to, had, to a good extent. ambulance sirens during one match. That was amazing. So the following match, you heard the ambulance siren in the background, which was Ray and Dominic leaving yeah. the thing. And uh, Ray took off his mask yeah, when, when he, he was in the, the van. Yeah. So it's all those lovely bits of realism. Very well done. The EMT driver, who are you? <laughs> Uh, Matt Dennis, Dominic Dijakovic called out Brock Lesnar on Twitter saying, you like to beat up Dominics? Make this happen, please. Bless. <laughs> I love it's how... Got, it's got that Matt Riddle school of Twitter. I think that's what everyone in NXT is doing. You, know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yes, exactly. Call yeah. out Brock Lesnar. Hey, do you see um, uh, going in Raw? Steve tweeted out yesterday saying, um, hey, Boom Comics aren't interested, but Cody, would you be interested in working with DC Comics about doing an AEW strip? Cody Rhodes replied saying, like, yeah, I'll speak to some people. You shoot the shots you take, like, you, you know. What's you that? But they are working with DC. So, uh, well, AEW? Yeah. Yeah. And so Steve and Larson now might be getting into writing those strips. What? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, good for them. Uh, Frank says, so, Ray's going to file a lawsuit against Brock Lesnar next week. I can't wait. Heaven! Says, uh, I bet the end of the show will be very positive. Hmm. Well, you're right, because I loved the Seth Bray stuff, as usual. And that technically was the end of the show. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of minutes beforehand we'll get that were there. a bit off. The Stantman222 says, Did you notice the massive intro change? They replaced the clip of the bar with Kofi. Oh, and I think the music changed, but I'm not sure. It did. Yeah, music changed. Uh, I, I prefer the Fiend one still. Yeah, yeah that, that's the... been very quietly dropped. I. It's a shame that they didn't work the Fiend into there destroying was... the set and everything I think last there was, week. Yeah, I think there was something in an ad break where they had a Fiend face pop yep, up. That, that was in the main event. Have yeah. you seen that's been all over social media? But like... Where WWE is showing adverts for them going onto USA and to Fox, the Fiend's faces in there, and people who don't watch wrestling are freaking out, being like, "What the hell is that?" Someone has shared a video, being like, "What the hell is this?" And they've like screenshotted Reddit threads from NFL fans, being like, "What the hell is this all about?" It's a genius marketing move. Uh, yeah. Well, you really, say that, really but good. they're all laughing at it and saying it looks silly. No, I think it's that that uh, the Reddit portion will be. Well, no, the people who were like filmed the video were also laughing at it. Hmm. Uh, the stand man says, um, oh no, just done that one, sorry. Zach Icon Linda, this is harder than it looks, Pete. Zach Icon Linda said, happy season's premiere with Pyro Chopper Whopper. We should have had Pyro here. <laughs> just like a little sparkler. Set off that fire alarm again. B Walsh 12 says, first time super chat, love your content, keep up the great work. Also, Raw was great after I muted the TV because King's commentary was horrible. I didn't mind him. Yeah. But. I, I won't be saying that in a couple of weeks. I, Sometimes yeah. my brain just likes change. I was not a fan. Mm. Really not a fan. Uh, and lastly for now, Ollie Davis um, is number one fan, or Ollie Davis Lamari Ishner's number one fan. A wild episode. Not sure how I feel about the skateboard ramp, but Pyro's return and laser debuting was pretty cool. Camera work felt the same, though. Ah, okay. So, I... As we've already said, there's for their opening sting, they had it's the same journey through the, the letters, but it had different music. 
I mean, that was only that that graphic was only new this year, so it makes yeah. sense not to reboot that. But then we got the the, the full on uh, new ent- intro sequence that will have to be completely changed after the draft, I presume. But I'm all in favour of having those. I miss those intros. Mm. I, I miss and I realised how much I miss them when AEW put theirs up on Twitter yesterday, where I was like, Oh man, I do oh, love. I seen that. We not. Oh, it's pretty. It's wicked. It's really cool. I really, I thought the cinematography of the opening was really, really good. Yeah, really yeah. like, and I've, I, it just made me realize when I saw the AW one, it made me realize how much I missed those intro packages. Those sort of twenty-four second. Here's a cool song. Mm-hmm. Here's a lot of shots of the wrestlers looking well. You know, cool song. It sounds like every WWE Raw theme of the last twenty years, but you know, you get my point. And it's cool shots of the wrestlers. And it kind of gets you hyped for it. So I, I, this was a, a pure thumbs up yeah. for me. The song's not to my taste, but you know that's that's, that's it's not always going to be. It's it's such a yeah. It's so generic that song. Oh, so generic. I'm gonna be legendary. Oh, yeah. And then we got the uh, the new set, which I have described in my notes as different, but also the same. So it's still got the lines on the side of lights, uh, but the 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 central. LED screen has a slope so it merges with the stage and the ramp. Yeah, it's like a skateboard ramp. And then people open a little door <laughs> and they come out. Yeah. It's it's the same but different. Yeah. Like when I looked I at it I thought it looked really fresh. Uh, fresh is not that's a I, strong word. Just with everything else. Maybe. But I do like it. Mm. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not being down on it. It's just it was not like a wild change, but it was enough of a change to be like, ah, oh, they have changed the set. Yeah, and you got the new logo. And, I do like that new logo. And then it cuts to Vic Joseph, Dio Madden, and Jerry the King Lawler. <sighs> I've written my first name. Lawler is already awful. He would not shut up. Mm. I think he was compensating for the other two. I, 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 I felt Dio Madden... Like, I, he had some good lines. He didn't really say much. I felt like he was nervous. Well, this is, you know, he's only been doing commentary for the company for a couple of months now. Yeah. Apparently, it's a Heyman choice. Heyman said he's got a really great personality or thought he had a really great personality when he met him and wanted to put him out in front of the live audience. And really, that's why Jerry's there is because mm. Heyman picked Vic Joseph and Dio Madden to be his commentary team. Vince McMahon said, well, I want Lawler there so we can have a veteran <coughs> to kind of like lead them, I guess, and kind of guide them along the way, which I think is a good thing um but it's lawler would not have been my choice because i i find him he's jarring with the other two and he doesn't know what's what the product he is. has no idea who anyone is no idea what anyone's moves are so he just it's just like going the entire time and you and i were joking earlier about how like this show is the same but different where it's like i think joseph is different but at times it's like Michael Cole. But honestly, there were times where, you know, you're watching the show, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd stop and go, huh, it's not Michael Cole, is it? <laughs> but it's not because like, Vic, like, yeah, I I just assumed that it was the same. It just becomes background noise to me sometimes. It's, it's the way they're produced. It's the production. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that so what what I thought was most of oh, there were loads of flashes and pyro pyro, pyro was so nice to see. And you realise how much it was missing from Brock's entrance. Yeah. Yeah, right. But yeah, just the opening of Roy. It took me back uh, to, to like 2001. I, it just felt good. Yeah. I didn't realise... I know we all joke about Pyro not being around. I didn't realise how much I missed it. <laughs> yeah. But then we... It started to show the crowd. And then they started to have the matches. And I felt that the camera work 
was a lot steadier and the editing pace was a lot more restrained. Mm-hmm. So not as many... It, it, of course, like in the beatdown angles, crash zooms, people squatting, loads of cuts to different angles. Uh, even in the Brock Ray stuff, it was still like staying on the hard cam for a while, on the tracking cam, then cutting to someone at ringside for a bit. It was... It was significantly less obnoxious. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, less obnoxious. And I, I that that is just so nice to see. Yeah. Because I I hate the way Kevin Dunn's produced the last five years in particular of mm-hmm. the on-screen product. Yeah, totally. But you know, overall, really liked it. I just I just like change. I think WrestleTalk Live logo. Did I mention it? Uh, so we've talked about the Ray Brock stuff. Then we had Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. The go-home angle to the second ever women's Hell in a Cell match. I think it's the third women's Hell in a Cell match. I think because that's what Becky said, uh, Becky said later. And I couldn't, I couldn't remember what the second one was. Um, and this match as well was just like... It wasn't really a match. It was just backdrop to <laughs> angles and stuff. Because mm. Becky came out right at the start. She... What did commentary for a bit, but then just stood on the uh, commentary desk and was berating Sasha Banks, and like, and then the siren happens, and then it was focusing on Becky putting tape around her wrist, and then Sasha just won. Sasha kind of pretended Bailey was going to run in. Alexa looked round, and Sasha kicked her in the legs, one with the tights as well, I think, so double heel, and then she ran away as Becky came down to brawl. And Sasha sort of ran through the crowd. It was a nice, like, visual reminder that you can't run away when you're in hell. That's what I liked about it. And Becky had a killer line, I thought, of you made this personal, I'm going to make it painful. Yeah. But is that a go-home angle? Dude, (laughs) we have got three matches booked for Hell in a Cell. So I think any modicum of actual booking towards that show is probably a win at this point. Because I don't know how we're going to do a predictions video for this show. Because we're not going to know any more matches until Friday night. Oh, that's, that's a good point. I did not think about the and predictions video. Unless they just start announcing matches on social media, like we get AJ versus yeah. Cedric or something. Well, after that, we got Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler walking down for the match. Then we got The Rock uh, being announced for this week's SmackDown. Yep. That's massive. Yeah, that's big. That should really bump it up. And the uh, teasing as well that John Cena is going to be there. It'd be amazing if it just 2.3 million in the ratings. <laughs> what do we have to do? I can't remember who it was now, but something really made me laugh on Twitter where it's like, The Rock is returning. And someone said, Eric Rowan, now is your time for revenge. <laughs> uh, then Charlie Caruso played an entire Fiend and Seth Rollins feud recap. And then, then totally no, Seth. totally no-sold it when it came back as well. She was like, here's the creepy stuff that's been happening the last couple of weeks. Came back, she's like, and my guest at this time, Seth yeah. Rollins. And then Seth was speaking about how... You know how deplorable Brock's actions were, and that that I will face Ray eventually. But for night, for tonight, I promised a universal title match. You're gonna get it, folks. Again, being like, well, why didn't you just say Ray and have it in the first place? Yeah, he said uh, he doesn't know doesn't know about Hell in a Cell. He's got no game plan because you can't have a game plan for someone like the Feed. But he's gonna survive and prevail. But the, when he said mystery opponent, I know it's my fault for getting excited. How dare I? Uh, but I thought, oh, Matt Riddle. <laughs> or, or anyone, you know, yeah. something, something exciting. We got Rusev. Uh, then, I, like, I liked that. Then, after Rude and Ziggler must have walked down God, to they the were ring. For ages. About ten minutes ago. 
they had a match with Heavy Machinery, which was the crowd were really, really hot uh, for most of the night because everything felt so fresh, I think. And this was one of the best examples of that. Yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed um, them doing the... And actually, this is a credit to how good Ziggler is. So they, get, they do like the delayed suplex switching spot. But when they get there, they just slightly lose it. So Otis goes back. But the strength of Otis and the core strength of Ziggler managed to get themselves mm. back up. Really, really impressive stuff. Yeah, and, and Otis is so fun to watch. Oh, Tucker's amazing in the ring. They are, an, they are a brilliant team. Yeah. Like, so good. And the, the, yeah, the, the, whole, the crowd are the most into the, I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the glorious, whatever they're called, got the win by sort of stopping a trash compactor. Yeah, they, they went for the compactor. Dolph blocked it with a zigzag. Uh, Root hit the glorious DDT on Tucker for the win. But I thought Heavy Machinery got over in defeat. So this, this was good stuff, I thought. Next up, we got Miz TV. Miz comes down, obligatory Rey Mysterio. That was dastardly what happened. Thoughts and prayers. By the way, I had a kid. Yep. <laughs> uh, the crowd were insanely into this. They were really hardly cheering Miz and Miz TV. And then he was like... Here's my first guest, Ric Flair. Ric Flair comes out. I just love the guy. Did you see the uh, botch on the Titantron? No. Where it called him a 17-time world champion. Oh, was it, so it was a botch. I've heard about it. I didn't know it came from the Titantron. Well, I'm only figuring it is because Miz introduced him as a 16-time mm. world champion. And then it said 17-time on the, on the Tron. I mean, both are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Fair it's a 20-time world champion. Yeah, fair but, point. Uh, depends, on, depends on what... WWE's... WWE at least are consistent with their incorrectness. Yes. Up until now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then out came Hogan with Jimmy Hart. Yeah, and Dio Madden. This is the only time I noted down what Madden had to say because, bless him, there's clearly a fed line. He just went, in this tone, my childhood is in front of my eyes, I can't believe it. Yeah. Bless Make him. sure the black guy says <laughs> that line. Bless <laughs> him. Bless him, he's trying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, whatever your personal feelings towards Hogan are, it's hard not to enjoy a Hulk Hogan entrance. I know, I was into it, especially when he got on the mic as well. I, I'm so over it, though, mm. because we've been seeing it. I mean, we've seen it, like, it feels like six times this year. Mm. And it's just, it's the same tired stuff that we've been carding out again and again and again. But then you see those 50-year-old white dudes in the front row wearing their Hulkamania t-shirts. You're like, oh, well, that's who this is for. This is not for the eight-year-olds you're trying to appeal this show to. It's for those guys there who grew up during Hulkamania. Who watch Fox on Friday nights. I, I, I got a kick out of it. I thought Flair and Hogan in the ring together... It seemed a bit unscripted as well. I mean, particularly with Flair. Yeah, good luck trying to tell Flair to read off a script. He was all over the show. Well, yeah, he. Th- there was a bit at the start where. He Do I speak her. now? Do I speak but, now? But then when he got into it, and he, he even ran the ropes, he said, I, "I've been sick listening to Hulk Hogan's entrance music all this time." It was so refreshing because what WWE usually do are, you are one of the all-time greats. <laughs> yeah. I am this many-time champions. Blah, 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 blah. But Flair and Hogan and Austin as well when he's back, they just felt like not real life because they're very exaggerated people, characters anyway, but they felt, like, they felt genuine. And I'll be honest, when this segment was announced, I didn't think it was going to lead to anything. I thought this was just being done so we can get the, the ratings bump of having Hogan and Flair 
advertise for the show. And then Flair heel started to cut a promo on Hogan saying like, my paychecks were never as big as yours. You were always in the spotlight. I was always second fiddle, blah, 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 blah. I hope one of these days I can get a paycheck that's got half as many zeros as yours have and this, that, and the other. And then Hogan was like, oh, are we going to have a, one more match, brother? And the crowd really got into the idea that we were going to get Hogan Flair in 2019. <laughs> And like I was there with them, I, I was into this bit. I was going to say they're lucky they did. They got this crowd and not the crowd from last week. Yeah, because Flair then ran the ropes very slowly, but he did bounce off the. And the Hogan rope. jumped in front of him to do a shoulder tackle. Yeah, and did the sort of Hogan point. Yeah. I, I loved it. And then they hugged. It was all just banter. But then Miz goes, Ah, oh, well, I'm glad you're both here because very special announcement. Maybe you will get to make all that money, Rick. Because you're both going to be in Saudi. Well, I didn't say Saudi Arabia. No, it's cra- it's, the, it's the international show, Crown Jewel. Uh, it's going to be Team Flair versus Team Hogan, a five-on-five match that it is just a few weeks before Survivor Series, which is a pay-per-view built on five-on-five matches. Granted, they're elimination ones, and I think this one's just a straight-up five versus five for now. For now, but. Why would you do that? <laughs> uh, but Hogan, can you just choose a proxy? I guess it's the, it's the, it's the pizzazz, isn't it? Yeah. To show Our Team Hogan, the, team the, Flair. the Saudi prince. Look at all these people. And everyone's been making fun of it because um, TNA had a lethal lockdown match. There was Team Hogan versus Team Flair from like 2010 or something like that. that. Was dated back then. Yeah. It's actually the graphic I use in my news oh, really? today yeah. when I talk about the five on five. I did think as well, they have actually got a lot of those people signed. They could just recreate those teams. Yeah, they're mostly in backstage producer roles. The Abyss, <laughs> Nigel McGuinness. Yep, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff yeah. Hardy. <laughs> Robert Roode's there. Just got to get James Storm on the blower. So this is announced, and backstage, someone must have heard a cash register noise. <laughs> cash. John. Twitter. John. Seth Rollins came down. His Titantron looks amazing in the new mm-hmm. screen thing. Like all the flames come out and it switches. But he comes down at the little door. <laughs> you know, in Matthew's Botchamania, and then yeah. Malumpa just walked like. It's Taz! <laughs> That's I just, what it reminds me. I just hope everyone's got good uh, countryside etiquette that you close the gate after you've opened yeah. it. I mean, don't, leave a, don't leave a gate open. Sheep might get out. Yeah. I mean, well, as, as we saw later on. Maybe there's a, maybe that's behind a few queuing issues. <laughs> so, so Seth comes down, money, 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 hops in, and like I'm gonna go on your team, Hogan. I'm the team captain for you. He's like, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. I was like, yeah, no s. You've got a universal title match tonight. You're facing the Fiend in seven days and it almost feels like you don't care and now we're plugging this match that's going to be happening afterwards why is it around this time of year WWE almost find themselves be like oh my god we've got seven shows to promote over the span of 30 days what are we gonna do we've we've created a logistically (laughs) impossible schedule for us we can't do a Saudi Arabia show on Friday like we normally do (laughs) Who knew that Fox would want it? That- well, everyone did when you signed the deals. 
Who knew that we were going to have Hell in a Cell and the Fox debut and the season premiere of I, Raw? It's, uh, it's, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff happening just in WWE oh alone in the next couple of months. Uh, and, 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 you know, we've said it all before. The Saudi Arabia deal is morally repugnant, 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 repongy 3K. <laughs> Hulk Hogan has his issues. And you put Seth Rollins with them both front and center. I just, it's, it's, I, you are no longer a babyface champion. You're not the burn it down gauntlet running babyface I was so into at the start of last year. You are the company shill man. Yeah. And like, I, I don't, I, it's, Take away whatever you are as a person. How you've been presented is poor. In his defense, Hogan did apologize for getting caught. Just, just want to put that. Just in, yeah. in the, for the sake of balance, he did apologize for getting oh, caught. Yeah. Um, on the Seth thing, it, yeah, it's not a great look. Only because like, it's, it, it just feels like he doesn't care about the match that's coming up this or the match that was happening later that night. And yeah, and like there were times when they kept saying, oh, even if um, Seth loses the title tonight, he's still facing the Fiend at Hell in a Cell. And I'm like, well, I'm less interested in that match then. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah it, and then Randy Orton came out <laughs> to be the, rep, the, the team captain of Team Flair. And he's, Evolution is a mystery. They're back together again. So maybe get Triple H and Batista on the team as well. Oh, God. Um, and they said they're going to announce they're going to pick their team over the next couple of weeks. But Randy wants a captain's match. Uh, right now and Seth says we're gonna have the match right now and I'm like mate you've got you've already got you just said it yourself you've got enough on your plate focus yeah it's he's both a fighting champion in the worst way they're like he's, yeah it just doesn't make sense he's the way he does things it feels like this match and storyline is out of continuity to everything else like like Hulk uh, not Hulk like Triple H and Undertaker last year it was out of continuity with everything else yeah uh, which, you know, for them, it was a bit easier because they weren't involved in other storylines. But Seth is. And it's just, it it's it's very confusing. You're crossing those streams. Yeah. Uh, so Corbin ran down to help Orton. He's presumably on Team Flair. And then who should make the save but Rusev? Babyface Rusev. Baby-chinned Rusev. Runs down, clears house, stands tall with Seth does the pose down with Hulk on the ramp. And yeah, that's, uh, th th then they show Dominic and Ray getting in the ambulance and driving off. I thought that Brock was going to tip over the ambulance. <laughs> I'm guessing that Rusev is on the team for Team Hogan because he's now an American citizen. Mm. So he can now be a real American. Right. Is my guess. And then Rusev's backstage afterwards. Charlie Caruso catches hold of him and says, where's Lana? And Rusev just stares off into the middle distance. And then she asks another question. And Rusev says, I won't talk about my personal problems. I'm challenging Seth to a title match tonight. Nothing wrong with this. It sort of escalated <laughs> a bit later. And we'll come on to that. Just uh, one last thing on that. Um, in between those two segments, my note here reads, Raw wanks over how many episodes it's had. Mm. Yes. AOP uh, do another really cool bit about uh, violence. Mm -hmm. These are great. This one yeah. wasn't as good as last week, but these are all still great. Uh, the Viking Raiders took on the OC. Uh, this The crowd died. Well, yeah. This I mean, really I'm, I'm, I'm unsurprised. This really hot crowd died. Yeah. Because the war, like, 
why would I don't know, man? Like, it's, I, I really enjoyed the match they had last week, but this felt like a completely different crowd to last week of what they were interested in, and they had no time for this hang, this match mm. at all. And this really was the buffer match that put over the the hotness of the Hogan Flair angle. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, the the Viking Raiders won, but they the squash match route didn't work. Now having the slightly longer match, well, exclusively against the OC, hasn't worked either. I'm a bit of a loss of what to do with them. Well, there's, They're there's, a great team. But it's not a storyline. Mm. They're just matches. There's no reason for you to get invested in these matches because there's no, there's no substance behind it. It's just matches happening. Maybe that they'll get drafted and hopefully they can rebuild on a new brand. Yeah. I mean, I've, I feel like at the, this point, Gallows and Anderson are in the exact same position they were pre the club getting back together and re-signing. <laughs> they are just your job is to the stars now. They're hardly with AJ Styles these days. Yeah. And and that's like the real fun part of their act. Didn't even get an entrance. Uh, Cesar- uh, Charlie Caruso's backstage and Cesaro walks in and jokes about Ray getting beaten up, talks about how he's taller. Ricochet comes in and says, well, I'll challenge you to a match. I love Ray. Yep. But like, well, then where were you where were when you? <laughs> Brock was beating him up in his son? Yeah. And then Cesaro came out for a match in his slacks. <laughs> yeah. Is this because he was caught unaware? That's what I figure. I hope so. Yeah, that... I don't want this look for him. No, th- I figure it's because he wasn't ready for yes. a match. And so add an element of realism to it. Ricochet was ready for his match because he was in his Nightwing gear. And so he was ready to have that match, whereas Cesaro was not. I hope, yeah, I really hope this isn't Cesaro's new look because no, I, I don't think it works. Uh, but this was just three minutes of amazing spots, really. Both guys are fantastic. Uh, the finish just looked incredible, which was Ricochet doing a springboard off the top rope into a Dragon Rana pin. It's the West Coast it. pop. It, 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 it was Ray's it was, old finish. Oh, was it? That's why he did it. It was because it was a tribute to Rey Mysterio. as the West Coast Park. He used to do that after the 619. Yeah, so, I did, you know, neither guy looks bad here because it was a quick match and Ricochet looked great, I thought. This was, this was fun. And you can tell how good Cesaro is. He did that match in loafers. <laughs> and then we got the Firefly Funhouse, which, again, I feel was filmed slightly differently. Again, it, it looked a bit more cinematic in the way they were filming hmm. different bits. Interesting. But I was wrong on the previous ones. So. <laughs> uh, every, all the puppets are crying. Abby the witch is crying. Huskus is shivering over some cake. Mercy's mumbling. Rambling Rabbit is so scared, he dies of fright. Yeah, he dies, absolutely. And Ray's like runs in to check on him and then just said, he's gone. Oh, well. Yeah, it was really well done. This is the second time Rambling Rabbits died, of course. Is it? Yeah, he was beaten to death uh, by the mallet before. That's right. So maybe he's the Firefly Funhouse version of Kenny. Mm. And I I expect him to be back next week because they're all figments of Bray's imagination. You can explain away. Like Meltzer and Alvarez were talking about it. And they were like, well, I guess he's immortal when he just comes back from the dead. I'm like, you're not really getting into the spirit (laughs) of things here. Uh, But... The Fiend, well, Bray has this great bit about how he's going to go and ask the Fiend to, to be nice to Seth. Yeah. And he goes off. And then he comes back really quickly and says, no, I'm just kidding. And I, he laughs loads. I like the fact that he said, you know, he was like, what's wrong? Everyone's like, we're all scared. And he's like, you know, calm down. I'm scared too. I thought that was such a yeah. lovely bit of like nuance of the character that Bray, who is the Fiend, 
himself is scared of what the fiend is going to do to Seth. I think that's great. Yeah, great I mean, bit of character work. He's, this wasn't like the. It wasn't the best one of recent times, no. but it was still so beyond everything else on Raw. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the ending. You know, the, see ya, see ya. And he's get, he goes on for ages, and Mercy's just shivering there. And he says, say bye, see ya. No, <laughs> say, no, say bye, Mercy. And yeah, it was funny. Yeah, and when he came back in to laugh maniacally, it was pretty great. Mm. Pete. Um, as a quick one, uh, people are saying it's the third time that Ramblin' Rabbits died, not two. Oh. Also, uh, people are wondering what the hell the Firefly Funhouse box is. I figure this might be a good time oh, to, yes. to okay. mention it. Thanks, so Pete. we were sent this by, where are they? Our lovely fans, Giovanna and Stephen. Stephen. From Sorry, California. Stephen. As he writes here, from uh, California, USA brackets, where Daniel Bryan lives. Yeah. So this is one of the limited edition. That only 500 of these were made. It's got exclusive merchandise in that, in theory, won't be available in the shop. We we haven't opened it yet. We're going to open it on Sunday. We're going to do, because we thought in the spirit of Hell in a Cell, we're going to do an unboxing video. Yeah. Because that's what people do on YouTube, right? Exactly. So, that's what the algorithm wants. Yeah. We should have probably said that at the start of the video. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably a good shout. But thank you. And what a beautiful couple as well. Yeah, beautiful pair of people. Super swaffed uh, fans they are. So, next up, we got AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander because this is something that still is still going on. I thought, classic WWE booking, Cedric's been beaten into the ground, boom, 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 and now they'll just give him a 10-minute match and he'll look good in defeat. Oh, okay, I was going to say, I thought it was going to be classic WWE booking where they beat him like a drum and then just give him the title and be like, but that makes up for everything, right? Yeah. I, uh, to a point where I was like, I mean, he's got to be winning here, surely. Neither happened. <laughs> a- AJ beat him in five minutes of screen time. There was a break in there, so it was probably close to a 10-minute match. But AJ just beat him in quite a dominating fashion again. What did Cedric do? <laughs> what Did he sneeze backstage? He's done something to annoy, I say someone, Vince. Yeah, well, the, the, the reports are by Meltzer from last Monday, or two Mondays ago now, is that Vince said, bury him. What? He was genuinely getting over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this did this did nothing for Cedric. Did nothing for AJ either, mm. really. Yeah, because now you just you've beaten the lad three times. <clears throat> so, if you lose to him now, you look really bad. Yeah, the, and and Cedric doesn't look good by beating AJ. They're both floundering. Uh, yeah, and pff, I don't know where they go from here. Really, I think they're just all in holding patterns until the draft, and we'll get season. They say season premiere, but let's be honest, it's prologue yeah. to whatever happens after the draft. The Street Profits were backstage. They said, everyone wants to know when we'll be wrestling. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to announce a main roster match. They troll, They clickbaited me. Yeah, they I trolled you. I clickbait at them. Yeah, they'll be uh, in action live this coming Wednesday on NXT uh, because they've got their tag title rematch against the Undisputed Era. And they said they're going to win back their NXT Tag Team Championships. Montez Ford is scared of the Fiend, doesn't even want to hear his name mentioned, and then hyped that uh, Lacey Evans versus Natalia was coming next. There was a good gag there where they said the if you say the Fiend's name three times, you might appear. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. That Lacey Evans-Natalia match was next, and Lacey, still, like this is really this one of the most solid mid-card stories WWE have told this season. Yeah. It's just like Lacey, Natalia. I I know where everyone's at in the feud. I know the sharpshooters are part of it. 
Uh, I think this was the rubber match, actually. Uh, I, yeah, maybe. There were matches in between to build up Lacey. Lacey got the win here. She she pulled the tights. Yeah, which is difficult. The eyes. Difficult to do one. Um, she's wearing trousers <laughs> and Natalia. It didn't really look like she was pulling the tights at all, but she got a roll up. Um, my, my favorite spot of this, which I thought was really good, she like from the apron. She had Natalia sort of like draped over the apron, but still managed to slam her head into the steps. It looked really brutal. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, with that and her big slingshot drop kick she does at the moment and her headstand knees. I think she's got some really, really nice moves in her repertoire. And then, yeah, so next time I made come back, Lacey raked the eyes and hit the uh, got an Okana roll for the win. Um, and then she gave her the women's right afterwards. Vic Joseph said uh, that really puts a stamp on the end of this feud. Oh, really? I thought there was still more to... Because it was built around the sharpshooter, I thought it was more yeah. to come. But they very well could be. Okay. This could be a match on the Helena... Are they having a pre-show? We need more matches. <laughs> We've got three matches thus far. Three really long matches. Oh, my God. If it's a two-hour paper. I was going to say, this could be like in-your-house levels of shorts. <laughs> Just a two-hour show. So, yeah, well, I, 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 it could go either way. This could never be addressed again. Or it could go on for the next three months. Don't know. Then John Cena, what what a guy. Um, they had a little charity VT for him here. It's I, I can't really un remember what the exact cause was, but it's, it's something fit about ops. yeah, it's something about getting veterans, military veterans, back on their feet and yeah. getting fit again, uh, which is a great way to work around depression and post traumatic stress, which of course a lot of ex military personnel deal with. And Cena said. He'll match donations up to a million dollars. One million dollars. Like that is big. Cena, Cena has a lot of money, but you know, not enough to be giving away a million dollars willy nilly. So it just—it's a testament to the guy. What a great guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, he did break up a marriage. Well, an engagement a decade ago. But and and, he's and, and buried the nexus. Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's doing all this amazing charity work for veteran. But he did bury the Nexus. You did. You're right. That is worse. <laughs> <laughs> you did ruin SummerSlam 2010. And um, then we got the Heyman interview where he said Brock's in fight mode. Um, then M Charlie Caruso is interviewing Maria Canellas backs. But bearing in mind, we're now in the last 15 minutes of the show. Yeah, and. <clears throat> Charlie's uh, segue into this where she said wow the Raw season premiere is raising eyebrows but someone is raising questions and that's how she led into her interview with Maria <laughs> need to go back to segue school Charlie have a so, word with Kayla yeah so the, the last 15 minutes it's going to feel like we're talking about the, an, another hour <laughs> but they crammed so much into these 15 minutes yeah. first off is Maria telling Charlie that Rusev isn't the real father. Sasha Banks then walks in, grabs the mic, and starts cutting a promo on Becky Lynch. Then a white limo starts to arrive. Go to ad break. Come back. Seth versus Rusev now. Also, Orton and Baron Corbin in the full King regalia are watching from the ramp because Saudi Arabia build. Like, I, at this point, I wrote in my notes... Wow, they're doing a really good job at setting up all these little cliffhangers, and you know I can't wait for these to pay off. Seth and Rusev don't—they have a fine match. Mm -hmm. Doesn't connect with the crowd because why would it? Rusev returned two weeks ago in a in a completely limp way. Yeah, uh, no one's behind him. His match last week was 
just a, a squash match that didn't get over either. And now he's been catapulted into the main event. That could have worked a couple of years ago when everyone was just into Rusev, whatever he did. But they're not now, unfortunately. And we love Rusev. But the, the, the booking and portrayal of him on the main roster since he came back has been abysmal. Yeah, it's not been great. And now you're expecting us to care about this match. And that is why the crowd was silent. Yeah. And it doesn't help as well that he came back in the, yeah, the not really great, like super low mid-card Maria Mike Canella storyline. Then had his squash match last week as a heel, only to now be a babyface and best friends with Hulk Hogan. Like, there's no consistency in any of this. So yeah, so why would the character, or why would the crowd care about this mm. character? So wrestle, 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 dive, 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 kick. That's what's happened. And it was an okay match, you know. Well, it wasn't terrible actually. Then Bobby Lashley's music hits. Yeah. I'm like, oh right, okay. So that's he was in the limo. Okay, Bobby Lashley's back, I guess. All hands on deck. Bobby Lashley walks out, and then he turns to the the, the secret door. <laughs> to the gate. And he, he motions to it. And nothing happens. They cut back to Rusev. Rusev's looking like, what's going on here? Rusev, by the way, would stay like that for the next five minutes. Yep, cut back to Lashley, who again motions to the gate. Nothing happens. Cut back to Rusev, still staring blankly. This is my favourite bit. Cuts back to Lashley. Lashley looks at Orton and Corbin like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ever so slight motion of... Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. Orton is probably pissing his <laughs> pants inside, thinking I mean, this is the funniest thing ever. To be honest, Orton was having a ball anyway, because Corbin's <laughs> throne fell apart while he was sat on it. And then... Shake my hand. <laughs> and there's lots. There's photos of them having a right old giggle yeah. during the sort of final angle after it was after eventually out of the gate. Third time's a charm. Lana comes <laughs> out. <laughs> Lana comes out and gets right up close with Bobby. I thought, okay, is it, is she going to be a? Ma and then they just lock lips and they kissed. For ages. And it would just have a shot of them kissing, and it would cut to a shot of Rusev in the exact same position he's been now for like three minutes waiting for the entrance to happen. Cut back to the kissing, cut back to Rusev, cut back to the kissing, cut back to the Rusev, cut back to Bobby and Lana who stopped kissing, and then carry on kissing, and it cuts back to Rusev. And I thought, man, you are making him look like one hell of a chump for standing there like a complete doofus this entire time. This screams burial to me oh yeah like how like to get a character over to get to, especially someone like rusev who's such an imposing physical threat and the, there's not much jokey about his character how he's come back to saddle him with your wife is now getting off with another guy and you're just gonna stand there and watch it for honestly, three minutes. That's how long it was. And you don't do anything. It's, it, it starts makes, making you ask questions. Are you enjoying this? Someone mentioned on, I can't remember where I read it, but the whole Aiden English stuff with Lana. Yeah. The whole rock stuff with Lana. Yeah. And it's like WWE slowly, they've stumbled into creating this. This Rusev is, and I know you hate the word, but this is a cuckold storyline. Well, th this is actually one of the only times where that word actually <laughs> seems to apply. Not only that, but I think this is a case of 
this is a this is a Vince McMahon thing. I'm tr- I'm trying to remember who it was now, but there was a Vince McMahon thing where he couldn't believe that a wrestler was dating a woman because she was so like he was like well, she's way hotter than he is, and I think he thinks that about Lana and Rusev. It's just like I don't know how they're married. It makes no sense to me. So. I'm just going to con- constantly put them in storylines where Lana is not attracted to Rusev because she shouldn't be because I think that she's way more attractive than he is. I think that's a big part of it. I also think another big part of it, and we can't unfortunately rule this out, is Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman isn't the creative saviour we all thought he would be. He, he's, he loves a soap opera. He's actually the Paul Heyman he always has been, but when we look back with rose-tinted glasses and nostalgia of the old ECW days. We only remember the good stuff. He did do a lot of crap. And this, you know, a lot of crap that wouldn't work and wouldn't stick. This, to me, is that crap. First of all, there is no substance here. These are three characters that have not been on TV for like four or five months. They've just come back and they're expecting you to go, oh, yeah, I'm invested in Rusev, Lana and Bobby Lashley and the reasons why this change dynamic and betrayal is is emotionally affecting. And that yeah, it's totally within Heyman's wheelhouse of, of liking that more sensationalist Jerry Springer style soap opera storylines. Meltzer and Alvarez pointed out that Heyman books stuff based on his real life and he's experienced a lot of wrestlers where their wives have broken up with them. I mean, he was backstage with Sonny a lot. Exactly. And how, like, the, the women always seem to be portrayed worse because he's only getting the guy's side of the story. And you look at the two the, like, pretty similar storylines here with the, the Canela Sai and Rusev and Lana. It's the women who are being made out as these succubuses, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like... Oh. It, and it's... it's I... So... This is just time and time and time and time again that they keep splitting this act up. Mm. And I have never been given a good reason as to why. The first time they were split up, no good reason was to give. It was like, well, why isn't Lana his manager anymore? They were such a good act together. Then they had the Aiden English and Lana thing with Rusev, which was a super over babyface act. But with, for whatever reason, they were like, nah, we need to split them up now. It's run its course and they need to feud. And they didn't even really have an ending to that feud. And it's like, well, no one ever gave me a good reason as to why. And now you brought Rusev back without Lana and then put her with someone else. And I cannot see a good reason why you would again split up this act that are better together than they are apart. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally baffling. I, I would be, I'm all for sensationalist stuff as well. But this is a crap story. But when you're doing it twice <laughs> on the same show as well, that really... I mean, yeah. Twice in the, last, in the last 15 minutes of this show, no less. Yeah. So it, it was... It was, re- it was It's a really bad story. It's, it's quite an embarrassing, uncomfortable burial of a guy. Like, I, I didn't enjoy watching Rusev watch Lashley and Lana kiss because I feel like this is a company that's trying to make them look rubbish because they're probably going to leave. That's my theory. Rusev and Lana were quite public about their creative frustrations with the company. I'm sure they're loving this one. Over the over August. Yeah. You know, like they were on podcasts in August talking about that. They haven't been around since April. They went on a hiatus. Meltzer said their contracts are going to expire back in June. So, you know, who knows where they are now? Look at what happened to the Canela side when they re-signed. Look at Gallows and Anderson. So it's just like, 
I find it deeply uncomfortable that a company would book something like this, which is a way to get back at that married couple. Yeah, and I, I do genuinely believe it's a Vince McMahon thing that he doesn't think that Rusev and Lana should be together and is just doing everything he can to make them not be an on-screen couple. Yeah, and to have that as really... Because, like, The Fiend then attacked Seth Rollins. That was the last thing. That was great. Always is. But to have... No one's talking about that. Everyone's talking about this stupid Rusev Lana Lashley thing because it went on for like four minutes. And because he was standing there for so long, I kept thinking to myself, oh, he's going to be involved in the Fiend angle afterwards. Yeah. That's why he's still in the that's why he's still in the ring. So what you've done for like the third pay-per-view in a row, your go-home angle has nothing to do with a match. Well, at least the memorable part of the last segment has nothing to do with a match at the pay-per-view. When are we going to suddenly get Rusev versus Bobby Lashley? I'm going to guess so. Unless it's announced for SmackDown. It's, uh, it, was, it was awful, I thought. And overall, this episode, up until that last moment, I was probably going to give this a, a core, a four out of five, because it did have its issues, but I, I just enjoyed the freshness of it all. But all that stuff at the end brought it down to two out of five for me. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking an average while, while I was watching it, because there was nothing on there that was really <laughs> blowing me away. Um, and I would probably knock it down to a low average at the end of the day for only because when the Lana thing happened, my reaction was like, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like, it was like, yeah, of course they're doing this. Yeah. I was not shocked or like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this. Like, I mean, of course they're doing this. This almost stands to reason. I'm surprised it's taking them this long. Yeah, you almost think, oh, new season, season premiere, WWE are going to behave themselves and try and actually turn over a new leaf. But this is just the same old Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> and as now uh, a lot of people have pointed out that Mike and uh, Rusev should form a tag team called the Young Cucks. <laughs> if that's what it all be- builds to, I'm fine. I'm and that fine. sounds like a proper WWE thing to do as well, to have a tag team that is a deliberate parody of your top tag team of the other company. Well, let's get on with your su- su- super chat. Oh, yeah, it's me, isn't it? Sorry, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm so off uh, base with this now. Um, shout out to uh, our moderator, uh, Lady Lou, who is, uh, Lady Lou. is sending this across to us. Thank you very much for your hard work. Um, so uh, this is, again, on the Brock and Ray stuff. Ooh-ah says, I hope Dominic cost Lesnar the title on Friday. <laughs> you don't want to build to a Dominic-Lesnar match. Uh, Will Adams, who is uh, Luke Owen's number one fan, thank you very much, uh, says, Dominic is the same age as me, and I would never want to step in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Amazing segment. Everyone sold it so well. Yeah, I did. that segment was great. It's the sort of ramification, like, it actually makes no sense. Why the hell was Seth? That's yeah. what was problematic. And Ron Trajan says, Dominic, I want to be a wrestler. Gets an F5. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Juan Gabriel says, I personally think Kofi should win against Brock. It makes the most sense. It will cement Kofi as a dominant and serious champion. I uh, I, I know where you're at, and it would be shocking, and it would actually be quite nice. But I don't think Kofi is a draw. Yeah, that's fair enough. 
Uh, well, I mean, uh, granted, I also don't think that's his fault because he's been booked as a mid-carder yeah. since he won the belt. Yeah. It's the it's Jack Swagger winning the belt. It's CM Punk when he first won the title. It's like, well, you're, you're not really the champion. Yeah. We've, we've done it, but you're not really the champion. Yeah, and, and like he's, it's not going to get any better, unfortunately. So he almost has to lose it now and then hopefully he gets another run and he can, can be presented seriously. Uh, Dan has dropped in to say, I'm dipping in to test the mods. Brock has a big nose. Oh, do you think? I think he's just trying to see if it gets through. Ah, it gets through the cracks of the mod. Uh, Dat Natural Herb says, Aloha from Hawaii. Could be saying goodbye to us. Oh, bye-bye. Uh, Brock versus Ray is going to be the anniversary of Brock versus Eddie. Tribute <laughs> match tonight. Or tribute match thoughts. Brock versus Ray is going to be the anniversary of Brock versus Eddie. Because that Brock was, was it, which was 2004, wasn't it? It was February 2004. It was No Way Out. Yeah. So it's technically the anniversary. It's the same year. Yeah. Don't, don't really know there. Uh, Mundy says, Did y'all notice Ray took his mask off as the ambulance pulled away? I thought that was a very nice touch for him to do. Make it seem even more real. Totally agree, yeah. Anton H says, I can imagine Ray asking Vince if Dom can wrestle in WWE. Vince says, yes. And Dominic's first wrestler is to take bumps and sell him for Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Welcome um, to the industry, kid. As this is all now about the season premiere and the new setup, uh, Jorge Anya says, how would you compare this new season to Raw to the first Raw of the new era? Which was December last yeah. year. Yeah, well, nothing happened there either because <laughs> they then had two Christmas shows. Yeah, and then we had all the on their way and then we had another hard reset in the following year in when, February, we had, yeah. when we had those NXT call-ups. This one was better, actually. The Shower Lurker says Raw was boring. Didn't watch after the first hour. I don't think you can call it boring. Mm -hmm. I think it, it was quite thrilling, but some of those thrills were rubbish. Joseph Hannon says, I expected more from a season premiere, to be honest. I th every they're saving everything for SmackDown, I think. Yeah. Like the real oh, yeah, big Because that, that's the A show now. Mm. Uh, Adam Ulrich says, Jerry Lawler saying the crowd was in, quote, stunned silence during the Vikings OC match had me <laughs> laughing so hard. Vince had to have fed him that line. It's like the, uh, the estate agent. It's cozy. <laughs> it's tiny. Clifford Miller said, I was upset <laughs> at WWE for using Legendary because that was my theme song while I make my journey to going into pro wrestling myself, which I think is the song that's on the... Yeah, it is. I mean, you do, you wanna, do you want to bury it some more? You can find a better song. Like... Most of the songs. <laughs> like <laughs> any song released in the last five years. Um, start record. I'm always going to go with uh, Paul Stanley's Live to Win, which was used in the um, South Park World of Warcraft episode as their training montage music. I still think Tay-Tay. I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Um, start recording says, uh, does anyone else hate Lawler's random scream noise? Ah! I will do. I Honestly, I didn't mind him this week. In three weeks' time, he'll be ear grating. Oh, here's a question that's definitely for you. Um, from Killjoy, what Weezer song would be best for a Raw theme? Probably, like, if you want proper generic pop rock, anything after Maladroit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they become very good at that. Any of the singles, yeah. Pork and oh, Beans. Okay. <laughs> Pork and Beans is fantastic. No, I know. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, the single, yeah, the single's very good. Um, ooh, come back to me, I think. Okay. Uh, well, now pipe, But just to re rewrite the lyrics, but yeah. it's sort of got that Warpipe. grungy... On to the Saudi show and the Team Hogan versus Team Flair match. Start recording says, this Team Hogan versus Team Flair match is the very de definition of utterly pointless and out of touch. House show, brother. 
It is, yeah. And it's for <sighs> it's for an audience of one. Mm-hmm. And it's an audience of one that probably asked for Hogan versus Flair as a match. And they were like, oh, can't do can't, that. I can't do that. It's the same way we can get you Yokozuna, but we could do. It's like, but I said, Martin Scorsese got to make a film with young Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> anti-de-aging it's really expensive and can't be done live <laughs> but do you remember when they were going to green screen the uh, AJ Styles Daniel Bryan match when Daniel Bryan refused to go for Crown Jewel last year <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the options is they were going to film it in front of a green screen and not air it live for the Saudi audience but it was going to live on the network as like with a green screen audience in God. there I almost wish it had happened. Uh, Dina Cisse says, am I supposed to believe that Hulk Hogan is the baby face in this scenario? Yeah, well, you know. He's the real American. Red and yellow, brother. Clifford Miller says, anyone else notice Hogan's forearm tat has been removed? I didn't even know he had a forearm tat, in all fairness. I don't know. Um, Lester Wink 23 says, I wanted The Fiend to show up on Ms. TV, brother. Uh, Yeah, more Fiend is, is always great, but like we said before, I think going into, like, that's going back to stuff he's already done. Yeah. Mike Martin the second says, what a, wasted, uh, what a waste of a perfectly good Jimmy Hart. He's the best and he didn't even speak. What's the point of having him? I get, get a payday for your mate, I guess. Well, and he's probably going to be for the Saudi Arabia thing. So uh. you set it up now that he's already in Hogan's corner. Um, and Blaze Mickelson says, WWE, Rollins is coming off as cool. We should fix that. Huh. Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Saudi Arabia need the baby face shine. Put Seth right in there. Oh, no. We forgot to make him cool first. Hashtag whoops. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of Hell in a Cell, Mr. A. Campbell said, Hell in a Cell it is Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, I, I someone tell W. I'll tweet WWE right now. Actually, <laughs> and Rex Joseph Calmerin says, uh, "So when can we do Hell in the Cell predictions? Because obviously we're going to need to work out when Wrestle League goes up as well." Yeah, because it's quite. Yeah, we'll find a way. It's very logistically difficult because Pete and Laurie are off on Friday because they're coming into live stream SmackDown that night. I don't know. Yeah. And then, like, presumably a lot of matches will be set up on the Friday. Don't know. But will they? Because nothing was set up on the season premiere of Raw, so why would they be set up on the first episode of SmackDown? Mm. I don't know. Maybe to leave a space, otherwise no one else can see it. Oh, the, the dot. The, the dot, dot at yes, the start. Yeah. Uh, Cesaro Ricochet uh, on that subject. Start recording says, why does it feel like Cesaro is forever in this, quote, have an awesome match but never get a singles feud, close quote, purgatory? Was anyone like him, when any, was anyone like him in the Attitude Era? So just letting WWE know. FYI, Helen Sen is this week. <laughs> nice. Good troll work, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the question, sorry? So when is Cesaro, uh, why is Cesaro in forever in this, have some awesome matches, but never a singles feud purgatory? Was anyone booked like him during the Attitude Era? No. A lot of times in the Attitude Era, though, ra- matches were just random matches. Like on pay-per-views, it was just like, it's going to be D'Lo Brown versus Val Venus for the Intercontinental title because we need a match. But that was one of Vince Russo's strengths, is that he gave everyone a storyline. Something to do. Something to do. And that's... I like that. Um, A lot of it was rubbish, but at least it was something, right? And now, yeah, Cesaro is just a utility player that they use to, to... enhance other things unfortunately uh, Nate Drops surname says that GTS from Cesaro and then the return kick from Ricochet was nasty excellent selling or too stiff and a receipt 
And CM Punk return confirmed. Yeah. Uh, on the Bobby Lashley, Lana, and Rusev mm. storyline, let's get into it. Wilson Simmons says, Missed Raw for the Steelers game. Uh, wake up this morning and see uh, our thumbnails of Bobby Lashley kissing Lana. What did I miss? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said, when I saw the La- Bobby and Lana thumbnails, I totally forgot to delete my search history. I thought I forgot to delete my search <laughs> history. Uh, Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis, number one fan, it says, uh, Lashley has Lana. Uh, does that mean Rusev gets Lashley's three sisters? I really enjoyed Brock being up Ray and Son. I wasn't expecting that. That's I- one way to make this feud uh, even worse. <laughs> to bring-, bring back the three beautiful sisters. Joseph Gonzalez, the ending of Raw was like some weird dream. A dream I want to forget. Uh, uh- Lovely dreams. <laughs> Lovely time with the dreams. Yeah. Uh, KJ says, did Rusev sneeze near Vince or something? Why is he getting ruined week by week? Maybe there's a bug going round <laughs> and a lot of people are sneezing. I mean, we are in cold season. Yeah. yeah, It was hot over the summer. The, the weather changed. Yeah. Must be that. Jesse Venable says, I started the show with two questions. Where was Bobby Lashley been and why Alana or Rusev having problems randomly? Credit WWE answered them both. Yeah. They... Yeah, did they answer them though, or did they just do a thing? I guess they did. A thing? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Tim Arndt says, when I saw Lana kissing Lashley, I understood uh, understood exactly what was going to happen next. Then I remembered I was watching a PG product. (laughs) Rex Joseph Cameron says, uh, what are they doing with Rusev and Lashley? Yeah, I I think, I genuinely think they're burying, no one said this, but I think they're burying Rusev. Because, um, because he's going to leave. Maxman, I'm going to completely disagree with this. They just copy and paste the Lita, Hardy, and Edge storyline. That had so much context. I was going to say, yeah, that was actually real life stuff yeah. that was going on. And Lita and Edge were an actual couple. And Matt was, you know, the ex-boyfriend. Mm. Assault Squad says, The return of Pyro and the return of Bobby Lashley. What did you think of each? As much as I also much love from Cookville, Tennessee. Pyro, I looked at it and I was like, oh my God. I didn't realize how much I missed you. Bobby Lashley, oh my God, I can't believe how much I didn't miss you. Yeah, I forgot he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> this company has too many people. Mm. Um, Kevin says, you know those uh, moments when you know something bad is coming and you know uh, it's going to be bad and you just hope you're wrong and then you're absolutely right and you're sad being right. That was me during the main event. You knew that that angle was happening with Lashley and Lana. Apparently so. Wow. Um, oh, Canal Mail Probable. To apologize for Mail that. Up. It's very difficult. Uh, Ollie, please scream Attitude Era for Lana and Lashley. Attitude Era. Will Adams. Scream that one. Uh, Will Adams, Luke Owens' number one fan, says, Rusev and Canella should team together now to get their wives back. Only joke, please don't actually do this. Young cucks. <laughs> Zachary says, since Rusev's main roster debut, his most noteworthy storylines have been about infidelity. The Rock's backstage, second with Dolph, third with One Night Stand in Milwaukee, now with Lashley. Rusev's legacy is his wife is a cheater. Yeah, well, I think you might be onto something there with how Vince sees their relationship, potentially. Mm-hmm. Alex Jordan says, am I the only one who researched if Lana and Rusev were divorced after Raw? Also, I heavily enjoy, uh, enjoyed Heavy Machinery. They are the beginning are the beginning to be one of my faves. It's uh, Yeah, Heavy Machinery, great. It's like that there is such a rich tradition in, as well of real-life couples, married couples in wrestling having to break up because of wrestling on-screen storylines. Because, uh, you know, it's just like... The cheating stuff has then transferred into real life, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'd, you know, that's got to... I don't think any wrestler wants to do a 
my wife's cheating on me storyline. It's just makes me deeply uncomfortable. Tyler Bailey says, poor Rusev, he should be a champion. WWE did the most WWE thing thing they could do. Damn that three-week push. Happy birthday, King Shorty P. Have a great day. To the day. Three, three weeks. This is three Mondays. I'm telling you, man, the three-week push is a thing in this company. We're if, also a nitty- If you count the start as a push. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, Tim, mm, Timun Zamaki. Timon Zuzaki, do apologize. Uh, Paul Heyman fully tapping into a Brazzers storyline. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, on the subject of Fiend and Seth, German Dan mm. has dropped in the same dipping in again. There's something in the studio watching you guys. Uh, let him in. Hey? Okay. Matthew Burlidge says, I'm getting a little tired of the Fiend just attacking people. Only a little, but I wish they would do something a bit more imaginative. Thoughts? It's one of the most imaginative gimmicks ever in wrestling. I, I, I understand, yep, the Fiend's just attacking people, but that makes the Fiend feel really special because he's not really being overexposed. For the actual substance, you get the Firefly Funhouse stuff. Yeah. So I, I think you're, you totally are getting a lot of different stuff. And these are more general comments. Tim Arndt says, My favorite comment I've seen about this show, the entire episode was like the writers forgot their homework was due in 10 minutes beforehand. <laughs> Uh, Ron Sprajan said, who had a worse night, Rusev Rollins uh, or me, when my dad walked in on Lashley and Lana making out and thought I was watching porn? <laughs> I would, at that point, I would just switch tabs to actual porn. It's going to be less embarrassing. Remember the, uh, the Attitude Era's uh, podcast, first live show they did during the podcast festival? Someone talked about sort of like embarrassing moments for family members to walk in on and you kind of like wish you'd never liked wrestling in the first place. And they said that his brother walked in on him watching Raw when Steiner and Triple H were doing their pose down uh, segments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh man, I'm a grown man watching this. Freeze frame. Yeah. I bet you're wondering how I... <laughs> Uh, Bucky the Ace Ventura says, what is below Rawful? That was Raw last night. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed actually quite a lot of it. Um, But yeah, I can can understand why you would give it a lower than zero rating. Uh, Thomas Freedy says, this is my first time chat. Love from the US. Keep up the awesome work. What do you think of joining Rusev and the AOP as a faction? The Fiend is awesome. I, AOP are great by themselves. Um, I love factions, but I ju- especially how damaged Rusev is now, I don't think putting him with this super cool new AOP is, is going to be beneficial to either act. Um, this might go over your head because you don't watch uh, the show for marks, but uh, Raw was forgettable. Is that undisputed? Yeah. No, undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> I'm like my mum trying to describe something she's vaguely heard. Uh, right. Yeah, we've got some comments about upcoming SmackDown. Evan Buckland says, hey, lads, is SmackDown going to be on Sky? Yeah, it is. It was promoted. That the Yeah, so WWE there was Sky runs until, through to the end of the year. Yeah, and, and then, then they go BT to Sport. BT. Uh, Nathan the Alpha Wolf says, SmackDown is still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's airing live on Fridays. Yeah. But the live part's been dropped. In fact, they gave it to us. That's where the live went, on the WrestleTalk Live. Wilson Simmons says, I was 100% sure Kofi was going to win this week. But then I saw uh, he wasn't even on last night's show. Now I'm 100% sure that Kofi will win. Oh, he's, still, he's still like 110% sure that he's going to win. Well, good, good for you. Um, 
on the uh, general subject. Um, Moin Karnib says, can anyone else not understand Huskers the Pig Boy? Uh, he's got a very heavy German accent off of, uh, what's the character from The Simpsons? Oh, Ute. Ute, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. not chase me. I'm all full of chocolate. The, the, there's a lot of reverb there, but I could totally yeah. understand it. Jesse Venable said, also just received a little bit of the Rust Talk magazine. Lovely. Good. Yes, it's, it's done really well. Uh, also, you know. Have a little bit of the, the beery. A little bit of the beery. Star Recording says, Stales versus Gable, ne- uh, Gable. Gable needs to be the next US title feud to me. Mm. Would be an awesome match and a great solid mid-card title feud. I totally agree. That's that's really inspired mm. uh, matchmaking. Chopper JJ says, King Chopper Whopper, don't take your queen Chopper Whopper to a wrestling show because some strange Chopper Whopper will take your queen away. Are you, <laughs> Are you married? <laughs> Uh, Spark says, imagine Truth getting chased in the pre-show for his title and end up hiding under the ring only to get uh, getting locked inside Hell in a Cell with, Ro- <laughs> with Rollins in the feed. I would love to watch that happen. That, that, that would undermine the seriousness of it. But that is a, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, Nathan the Alpha Wolf uh, feels a bit uh, below the belt, but he says, happy National Hair Day. Well, you know, we got beards. Lovely time with the boys. Um, Omar rolled in and says, Hello, Rust Talk. Long time fan. Dropping in to say I will be your man on the ground for SmackDown this Friday, Hell in a Cell on Sunday, and Raw the Monday after. Oh, cool. Wow. Uh, who's that, sorry? Uh, Omar Roldan. Mm. You might see The Fiend have the, with the Universal title. Here's hoping. The Maltese Fox said, I had a ticket for Raw last night. I was planning on going on my motorcycle, but fell asleep after school and I just woke up. American badass for life. Uh, Juan Cena said he's coming soon to Patreon. Oh, lovely. Nice to see you there. Lovely time with the Pledgehammers. Justin Edelheit says, Hey, Ollie, Luke, and Chopper Whopper. With the rumor that John Morrison is going back to WWE, would you like, who would you like to see him face? I want to see him versus Styles. Hmm. I, John Morrison has never excited me. <laughs> has, has he used? Like, I can appreciate I've, I've him. I've appreciated him more since he left WWE. Mm. I've enjoyed, like, you know, his run in Five Star. Was, uh, I th- you know, he had some good stuff there. Yeah. I've really enjoyed him in Impact um, and the bits that I've seen of, of Lucha Underground. Uh, but he was always just a solid mid-carder to me in WWE. But then, I mean, Pete was talking about this on a sort of, like, mini-news episode we did, uh, live stream we did earlier, that sort of that 2006 <clears throat> to 2011 period of WWE just had forever mid-carders. Yeah. And Morrison was just one of those forever mid-carders. And now they're all coming back. Yeah. Uh, I... John Morrison has said that it's not true either. He was on Twitter and him and uh, Ty were both saying, I've seen a lot of rumors about my husband, which are laughably untrue. He never said it's untrue. Oh, was it just Ty that he, said it? He just said, ha ha, let me know when I've joined AEW and ROH too. I mean, when Meltzer, PW Insider, and Pro Wrestling Sheet, I believe, say it's a done deal and has been in the works for, like, months, I, I believe them over a wrestler on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I, I want Morrison to come back and make a heel tag team with The Miz. I think they could have so much fun together. But get that team back together again, yeah. Miz and Morrison. Yeah. They've got real good chemistry. Yeah. That's a proper throwback, isn't it? Mm. Um, Anson Reinhardt says, The Fiend gave my brother nightmares. I heard uh, from someone who doesn't watch wrestling, their nephew is obsessed with The Fiend, five-year-old nephew. Oh, yeah? And apparently stood in the kitchen for about 10 minutes, completely silent the other day, just doing this. 
and that everyone was like, "What are you? What are you doing?" And he wouldn't talk to them. And then after the end, he went, "I'm the fiend." <laughs> yes. Uh, Aaron says, "Started watching at ten thirty. Down from there, cursed." Oh right, so that would have been the last half hour of the show. Yeah, bat the worst part of the show to start. Oh right, I'm seeing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Pearson said, "How do you rate the new Raw theme song?" Like, yeah, if we're using our Raw rating scale, how would you rate the theme song? Oh my god, bore. Well, bo- boring used to be the bottom one. Yeah, I would say it's average. It's yeah, it's it's lower than average for me. Poor. Hi Adam, by the way. Yeah, hi Adam. Um, Debt Natural Herb says WWE gonna say that Chad Gable is so short that no one sees him uh, break the throne. Because I'm saying it could be um, the borrower. <laughs> the borrower Chad Gable. <laughs> Uh, M-E-X-F-X says, what do you guys think of Cain Velasquez costing Brock the title as revenge for what he did to Ray? I think Heyman's interview is a bit of foreshadowing. I don't see how the two are related. You've, no, you've, I, unless I'm missing something, I don't know why Ray and Cain are friends apart from they're both Latino, which is, you know, that's if I said, oh, are you two friends because you're from the same ethnicity? Yeah. They'll hit me. <laughs> so, I don't know where, where, where this makes sense. It doesn't, you know, it's not substance. It's not context. Start recording says, Cedric Alexander needs a fresh start on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. Hope, well, Vince is still there, so. <laughs> um, in fact, he'll be there even more. Mm. Um, Nick Ross 1305 says, love you, guy. Great breakdown, a great breakdown of a lackluster show. Um and uh, thank you to um, Canal. Oh, it would be you, wouldn't it? Canal Ambra Barbil. I'm so sorry for your donation and no message. Thank you very much. Thank you, mu- thank you all so much. That was some great modding. Oh, absolutely, Lady Lou! What a great, great star job. mod. Star, star mod. Oh, the, the mod mother. Although I'm getting another message oh. in. Oh, Evan Buckley. Uh, Luke, could you pronounce my name wrong? Evan <laughs> Buckley. Mm. Evan Bugle? Yeah. Go it said, that. Luke, how could you pronounce my name wrong? Oh, right. <laughs> Did I? I don't remember getting a message. I don't know. Harsh. <laughs> so we, we did all the chats. We didn't miss any. Fantastic. I think so. Well, please go over to the link in the video description below to get your free case of craft beer from Beer 52. What a great place. You get 10. This isn't the crate. This is the Firefly Funhouse box that we will be unboxing this Sunday. Very excited to see what's in it. Uh, And yeah, I'm I'm thrown off track because usually we've got Patreon shout outs. Because it's the first of the month and Patreon are not ready to give us their reports yet. Don't worry, we've got plenty of uh, WrestleTalk Lives to do that on. Exactly, yeah. So we'll be back on Wednesday. In fact, actually, this coming Wednesday, we are going to be live streaming our uh, reactions to the first episode of AEW Dynamite live. Cannot wait. So, so excited. So, yes, we're going to be doing a live stream for that on the Wednesday. Then on the Thursday... Uh, Laurie and Pete are going to be doing their review. The new NXT team are going to be doing their review of NXT. And then Ollie and I will be back in to do our full review of AEW Dynamite on a live stream. And then this coming Saturday, we are going to be live in Nottingham in between a frontline and WrestleGate show doing a live edition of WrestleTalk Live. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go and get your tickets for all those shows in Nottingham in the UK by going to WrestleGate.com as well. WrestleGate Pro. Yes, WrestleGate Pro. Uh, and then on Sunday, Laurie and Pete you missed will be... missed out Friday. 
we're there's not, no Friday. No this Friday. Week. There's no Friday. Oh, Friday night yes, SmackDown. Oh yes, absolutely. Stream. Yeah, no, you're absolutely. Come on, right. guys. Yeah, well, just because it's, it's not, not you. I'm not doing it, so I forgot. <laughs> yes, on Friday. In fact, actually, on Friday, Ollie and I are going to be live streaming our review of the Joker movie that's over not, on Screenstalker. Jesus. And then on Friday night, Laurie and Pete are going to be live streaming their live reactions to SmackDown's debut on Fox. Then Ollie and I will be doing our live show on the Saturday. Then on Sunday, Laurie and Pete are going to be live streaming Hell in a Cell. And then Ollie and I will be back in on Monday to do the WrestleTalk live review of Hell in a Cell. And then the week just starts all over again. This is the rest of our lives from here. And somewhere in all of that, we're going to try and do Hell in a Cell predictions, but there have only three matches have been announced, so we don't know how. I also went full hippity hop over Hippity hop, where you were listening to a lot of hip hop. Where we was. What hip hop were you listening to? I was, well. Jurassic 5. I just suddenly started watching in my boredom hip hop evolution. Which is a terrific documentary series on Netflix. Oh, that does sound good. About the evolution of hip-hop. That's Losing what it the, says on the tip. Losing the title. And it, tra- it tracks it from its, its genesis in 1973 all the way through to the late 80s in the first series. The third series has just come out, which gets you up to Eminem, really. Wow. So you've got the... Wow, that's very detailed. Then, I know, I it's if really, the, really If the good. third series is only getting you to the late 90s. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's very good. It's really interesting. And, I, you know, I, I've always liked the odd rap song, but I've never <laughs> really... The, I, a large part of the culture I haven't got. But now I feel like I'm from the hood. <laughs> I... I did not realise that gangster rap would be my preferred rap of choice. Oh, yeah. NWA are amazing. Oh, yeah, they're very, very good. Never written and Public Enemy. They're, they're my two, I guess. Oh, I was a, when I was a teenager, Public Enemy were my jam. When yeah. I was like, when I turned 12, I think is when I heard my first Public Enemy album, I bought. It's because my, my, my brother and I watched Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai, a, fant- a fantastic film. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant film. And so we watched that, and I was like, the soundtrack to this is amazing. And I was like looking at the I, one of the things that when I was a kid I was obsessed with on VHSs was looking at the soundtrack list at the end and sort of like noting down artists and stuff. And there was a Public Enemy track on that album, if I remember correctly. And I went to uh, a, a record store the following day with my brother. We were staying at his house at University in Oxford, and uh, I went and bought uh, NW, uh, Public Enemy's Apocalypse '91: The Enemy Strikes Back. Which is not their best album, but I absolutely loved it. It has got that wicked cover of Bring the Noise they did with Anthrax um, right at the end. It's like the final track on it. It's got More News at 11. It's a banging track. Uh, Don't Call Me Yours, great track. Just Night Train's brilliant. And then I got obsessed with the whole Bat-Cat. Fear of the Black Planet. Bat-Cat. Yeah, bat cat I've never heard that. Oh, the bat cat. Yeah, we're getting into hippity hop hip hip hip. I don't speak. think that's a, a hippity hop uh, type thing. Um, but yeah, I, I I got full into the uh, the the Public Enemy. I was I love the fact that um, Edward Furlong is wearing a Public Enemy T-shirt in Terminator Two. Yeah, and I, of my friends, I was the only person who knew what that was. Send me some of those tracks. I'm uh, I've got the bug at the moment. Oh yeah, uh, it's kind of like when I was into 1970s American comics, <laughs> just uh, just the other month. Now yeah. it's hip hop in the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I for the first time ever, never seen it before. Watched Eight Mile. 
Really? You've mm. never seen it before? Never seen 8 Mile. Well, that was a big VHS uh, watch of us. I've seen all the parodies mm-hmm. of 8 Mile. Yeah, Mum's Spaghetti. Scary Movie 3 had a big sequence of it. Yep. Uh, so I felt like I've, I have seen the film in rip-offs, mm-hmm. but this was the first time actually watching it. Thoughts? Well, everyone, everyone told me Eminem's really good. It's crazy he never made another film. Like, he's appeared in other films very briefly as cameos, but never as a leading man. Bearing in mind the, the time it was released... Yeah. And a lot of other rappers were doing films and were not as good. Yeah, well, he's no, he's no good. Like, uh, <laughs> everyone else around him is quite exceptional, actually. Very young Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Very young Michael Shannon, yep. who actually looks exactly the same age as he does now. Yeah, weird man. Yeah. But they, I, I really enjoyed it. He that, was actually. better than Buster Rhymes mm. in the transition from uh, rap to acting. Um, I mean, actually, we're joined in the room by um, our resident rap expert, Pete Quinnell. Um, Pete, what are your thoughts on... You don't have to switch the camera to you. I was turning my mic on, (laughs) Ollie. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, Ollie's new obsession of Hibbity Hop and and Eminem's performance in 8 Mile? Uh, I used to love 8 Mile. I thought it was like the greatest film in, you know, ever. Um, But it's not really, is it? It's a bit pants. Eminem is, I want to say emotionless. Throughout the whole as thing. a performer, yeah yeah, 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 he Randy Orton's it. He but does a little bit. He had the talent. Hmm. Yeah, the the rap battle bits he does though, I love extraordinary. Them. Like that's where he comes into his own. Here's a fun bit of trivia about the eight mile rap scenes. Apparently, Eminem had lost his voice during certain bits, and uh, they told him, "Don't actually rap in these bits. Mime it, and we'll dub you over the top." But he got so into it, he was like, nah. And he just actually started rapping anyways because he was so into the rap battle that he was having, even nice. though it was fake. So, you know, yeah. Do you want a, another bit of Eminem trivia? Mm. Judd Apatow. 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 Judd Apatow, famed Hollywood comedy producer behind every overlong comedy movie from the last two decades. Yeah, if you've ever thought, why are comedy movies all two hours now? Judd Apatow is the answer. Why are they all starring Seth Rogen? Also Judd, Judd Apatow. Apatow. Why does it feel like everything in this is the 40th take they've done of this one <laughs> joke? Judd Apatow is the answer. Why aren't any of the jokes from the trailer in this movie I'm watching? <laughs> Judd, Apatow Judd Apatow is the answer. Uh, the, so he said, he was asked who's the funniest person he's ever worked with. And he said Eminem. Because he was in Funny People with Adam Sandler. as a very, very minor role. But apparently he was the most naturally funny person that they've all worked with. Well, hmm? there you go. I, when I was in Canada last year, I, um, uh, obviously we were going around as sort of a, a group of people. And they played that song from 8 Mile. What's it called? Lose Yourself, Lose right? Lose Yourself, yeah. And I was in like, the music. Yeah, and I was talking about the film. And I was one of the few people on that bus that knew it was from a film. Because I'm what? old. And everyone else on that trip was very young. And they were like, oh my God, Eminem made a movie. And I was like, yeah, like 15 years ago. Oh man, that's like, that's like when we were young and we'd be like, what, Prince made a film? <laughs> and, and Pete, you know, like 30 year olds back then would go, yeah, 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 he had a whole thing going. And it's great. <laughs> it's a masterpiece, if anything. Um, so on my day off uh, that I had yesterday, I was mm. just reminded of my day off and just, I was trying to compare my own day off to yours because also just on my own for the whole day because it's a Monday so everyone's at work my you know my wife's just started a new job so on my own whole day now I've been up my body clock woke me up at half past six because it's a usual working Monday. want to get a lot of wanking in well there's always that gotta as well you've got to you gotta start early <laughs> otherwise you just get you're gonna peak too soon yeah and um it's called jogging <laughs> if, if you want to break the mythical seven <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
unite the seven. You can never, you can never do it. You can never do it in a 24 hour period. Many have tried. Um, and in the end, well, I just suddenly realized because like my wife got home, and she's like, what have you done today? And I was like, I've just cleaned all nice. the time that's all i've done like i'm i cleaned up all because we had a, we did a homemade curry on the sunday night and like all the trimmings as well so we, like uh, my wife made a uh, a taka dal and we did bombay potatoes and we had like all these little accoutrements to go with it so i washed up all of that then i made myself breakfast then i washed up all of that but in like after washing up i'm also like cleaning the kitchen like mopping down the uh, the surfaces and everything didn't have my breakfast clean the kitchen then i sat down for a bit had lunch clean the kitchen again and then I started making dinner, and all I was thinking was like, I need to clean the kitchen again. And I hoovered twice, and I put a wash on. Are you okay? I don't know. I just like, I, every time I was thinking, I'm going to sit down and play Spider-Man now, and I never did. And the only time I actually sat down to play a game, I played uh, that Power Rangers fighting game, which I don't really like. It's so <laughs> simple. But a story mode got finally released for it, because it was released like most games are now, a bare bones of what they should actually be. And I was like, oh, I'm going to give the story mode a go. Just, I'll, you know, I'll have a couple of fights. I finished it. And I was like, oh, what a colossal waste of time that was. Better, better go clean, clean the, better go kitchen, clean the again. kitchen again. <laughs> by the way, the but... obsessive behavior <laughs> yeah, of no. a madman. Well, I did feel like a bit of a madman by the end of it. So, because I'm also got, uh, we've got the day off on Wednesday because we're coming in late to do the AEW mm, live, live stream. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, me and Laurie are going to play D&D. In the in the sort of like that's oh what squad. before going yeah to, wow uh, but I'm Wednesday I'm not t I'm not cleaning I'm not going to spend the day cleaning I'm actually going to sit down and play bloody Spider Man and finally I'm going to finish it you know that that came out a year over a year ago now oh yeah yeah I'm, I'm well aware I'd completed it by this point yeah yeah I'm um Last I'm year. like forty percent into it I think mm. so I'm I'm just going to do the other sixty percent I might just burn through the story because I keep getting distracted. Follow the, the surrounding bits. Cool. Well, should we bring the show to a close then? <laughs> <laughs> um, you didn't even get to do any emails. Well, we actually had quite a few emails over the weekend um, from people who were sending in uh, chat about schoolyard insults mm. and things like that. But I might bring that to a close now because everyone is just sending me a lot of hateful mails. Of people saying like, oh yeah, we just liberally use the N word. Oh, we liberally use the F word. Um, this and the other, and it's absolutely fine. I'm like, oh man, so times haven't changed since yeah. the uh, the 90s. That's interesting though. And I also got an email from someone who sent an email um, hating on furries. So uh, come on, let's be accepting, folks. Um, so yeah, so I, I, a, a lot of emails came in over the weekend that were like that to the point where I was like, I don't think we've got any emails I can read out on the actual podcast. Um, but I'm going to quickly do this one, though. This comes in from Jem, who says, G'day, Luke Fakador, King Chopper Whopper, Randy Blakeham, you piece of crap, but not you, Ollie Davis, you dastardly heel. I'm sending this email for two reasons. Let's start with the first. Quite recently, that dastardly heel, Oliver Davis, said that Turkish food was one of his favorite types of food. Normally, I wouldn't dwell on such a statement, but Turkish food happens to be the food of my native country, Turkey, hence the name. I find it curious that Mr. Davis would make such a statement live on the WrestleRound just as I had uh, self-proclaimed myself um, his number one hater in the world. Huh. I don't think I know what you're... Uh, don't think I don't know what you're doing, Ollie, because I do. You're trying to butter me up, complimenting <laughs> the food that I grew up with and that I love, and with the end goal of making me like you again, just as so I become your number one hater. Well, it's working, so damn you and your impeccable food choices. You know what one of the most beautiful cities in the world is, and that's Istanbul. I've always said that. You can, on record. Yep. Yeah, the gateway between the West and the East. 
Now onto the second matter at hand. A few weeks ago, I proclaimed myself Ollie's number one hater. I also said that Luke's number two fan. Well, that was a mistake. What I really meant to say was I'm Luke Owen's self-proclaimed number one fan. And if there's anyone who has a problem with that, they could take me on in a Luke on a pole match. Thanks for the consistent consistency. Love from down under, Jem. And um, Peter's freaking out because it's one minute to go. You started re it's now. You started <laughs> yeah. reading that email. Well, I, I, said, I said we would do three. it as a quick email. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back. No, we won't. I was about to say we're back tomorrow with a SmackDown review, but we won't. Instead, we'll be back on Thursday with two reviews of AEW and NXT. So it's part of that big week. Uh, take care. I love you. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.